Creative Church Podcast. I'm your host, Kimi May, and I'm here to help you on your creative journeys through the Creative Champs platform. This episode is a little bit of a freestyle. I thought of this as I was laying here. Yes, the cat is out of the bag. I record some episodes while I'm laying in my bed. But hey ho, on we go. So <laughs> I wanted to speak about this is inspired by conversations with university students and recent graduates. The fact that so many creative students leave uni and feel like they don't have a clue about the business side of things. Because whether we like to admit it or not, because sometimes when you add the word business, it makes it sound all, I don't know, corpy and um, not so creative. The thing is, if you go on to become a freelancer, business or elements of business are automatically part and parcel. You have to undertake certain things that lend themselves to business in order to become a freelancer, uh, what you would deem to be a successful freelancer. Now, what a lot of students are reporting that I've spoken to is that there still seems to be quite a gap in knowledge in terms of what they're told about freelancing or what they're told about organising contracts or what they're told about just getting started as a freelancer and that the general consensus is is that they're still being geared towards studio work or working for others and making their CVs look good which is there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that but a large majority we can't deny the fact that a large majority of creative graduates go on to become freelancers a huge majority in fact so it's a it's still a little bit mind-boggling to me that this area isn't still isn't covered as much as it needs to be. I had a conversation with a student recently who was saying that when they did try to broach this, they were told, well, that's that's more business related, which is true. But in my personal opinion, the fact that the majority of creative students go on to become freelancers means that it's something that should be explored within creative courses. Because, I mean, when I was in uni, it doesn't sound like too much has changed. When I was in uni, we were constantly told how to make our CVs look better, how to make ourselves look more employable. But some of us didn't want that. Yes, some of us want to work for others. Nothing wrong with that. And some of us don't. And this is what has actually led to me, partially what led to me making Creative Champs, because it's designed specifically for freelance visual creators and creative business owners. It's especially there for those who feel like they don't really know where to start. They spent the best part of three years learning about art theory, which is great, you know, conceptualizing, which is great, but then they're not really told how to bring it all together and how to approach projects on a freelance basis. They're not really told how to marry everything to create effective or successful projects. Now, I can't speak on behalf of all unis. I can only go by the conversations that I've personally had with students, with graduates. And I will say off my own experience as well, although I would have hoped that because I I graduated, wow, 11 years ago, I would have hoped that things would have been at least, you know, a bit different now. There are some unis, though, who I I know are actively doing a a brilliant job of merging the different worlds that will eventually come together when you leave uni. They're already put in a, you know, giving the students a little bit of a head start. I mean, I personally, I've provided workshops for University of the Arts London who do an amazing job, especially with uh, the Art Student Union. 
an amazing job of highlighting the different facets of working in the creative industry, not just art theory or putting things together, but the the business side of things and looking at the logistics and looking at the way things function and how things may need to function in order to have quote unquote successful creative careers independently. Yeah, that that is what, you know, I really wanted to touch on because um, yes, learning how to put things together is, is great. And, you know, learning how to come up with concepts and strategies, perfect. But then it's sort of like, okay, now what? You leave uni and you might be someone who doesn't want to work in a studio job. And you're like, well, I don't really know what kind of job to even put in the search bar because I don't really want to do, I love graphic design, but I don't want to work in a graphic design studio because I kind of want to work at my own pace, for example. So say if you're someone like that, who doesn't actually want to work freelance, but you don't want to work in a studio and you want to work for yourself, okay? Or you want to find a way to make a living out of your creativity. There are so many different things you can do as a result of that, but these things, you know, you wouldn't really know about if you're not really spoken to about them or you're not really um, exposed to them, which is why I, yeah, I am creating a, I'm creating something um, that will provide a comprehensive guide to different income streams and different ways to make a living off your creativity. I do have some brief summaries on the Creative Champs Instagram page about different job titles and things, but I will be going into detail, deep, deep detail, how to get started, how to get these things running and giving you an idea as to, you know, how the journey could go and what it could look like. I do have some personal experience with a lot of the things I'll be mentioning. So I'll be able to provide some actual facts and figures uh, as part of the, 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 the pack I'm putting together. But that's that's coming in due time. That's coming in due time. <laughs> so, yeah, if you don't want to work in a studio or you feel as though you don't really want to work freelance, but you want to do something creative that's fine. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with you because what will end up happening is, or what could end up happening is you start applying for these studio jobs, knowing deep down you don't really want to do it, right? And then you end up not getting the roles because you're told one thing or another, or you're not told anything at all. And then that can have a knock-on effect on your confidence. So how on earth am I going to get ahead by myself or in any other way? I, I completely, I get it. But the the fact of the matter is the market is very, very saturated, incredibly saturated. Um, And so that's when you're going to have to really start thinking about what you can do to separate yourself from others and use that time to really work on what your core reasoning is behind why you do what you do. Right. Genuinely think to yourself, all right, why do I want to do this? What do I want to do? What do I want to do with it? What do I want to help people with? What do I want to provide people with? What do people need help with? And can I provide something that will help them with those those issues? If not, what do I need to do to get hold of that information? What do I need to learn about? Yeah, just asking yourself those questions in layman's terms. Because sometimes when you sit there and you're like, my mission statement is, you draw blanks. I don't know about you, but when it starts to feel really corporate, (laughs) I switch off. 
And I don't know, are you like that as well? Like, you, you feel like, oh, like, this is just, it's boring now. So if you just speak to yourself like you would, you know, just speak to yourself in a, in a normal way, but put the, the different terms in layman's terms, like instead of mission statement, okay, what is it that you are trying to do? What is it that you are trying to positively um, put out there? And um, what changes are you trying to positively affect? How are you trying to affect people's lives? You know, what is it that, what you here for? And who are you talking to? <laughs> you know, who is it that you want to work for? Like when I say work for, who is it? What kind of clients would you like? Would you like to work with wellness brands? Would you like to work with fitness brands? Would you like to work with startups? Would you like to work with bigger established companies or individuals? Like really, you know, because and that leads into another conversation that I was having with a student where they were told that they need and this is where it gets a little bit uh, I think it gets a little bit controversial the whole generalist versus specialist thing they were told that they need to have a varied portfolio right now in uni we had to do typography projects we had to do video projects we had to do magazine projects uh, a bunch of different projects that completely lead off into their own worlds like separately right there are different things that uh, are similar between them obviously in terms of conceptualizing and strategizing and things like that but they are completely different fields within the visual arts right and if you're a generalist I mean, cool. Like, like I say, there's space for generalists and there's space for specialists. Um, but this, but this particular student was told that, yeah, you, your portfolio needs to be diversified. Otherwise people won't hire you. And I just wanted to say, I mean, I, I personally disagree and I disagree because if your portfolio, if you know that you want to be, um, an illustrator, okay, you want to work on illustration projects, you want to provide illustrations for startups, whatever, right? What use is it putting photography in your portfolio? Because sometimes they'll have you doing that as well, photography. Like on these design courses, they'll have you doing a bunch of different things creatively, which is great because it's, it's allowing you to explore different things and really flesh out what you want to do. But if you know in your heart of hearts, like, yo, bro, I want to be an illustrator, what use is it putting up website designs or um, videos using pictures or graphic designs? Because at the end of the day, if you want illustration work or illustration projects, then put illustrative work up there because that's what's going to attract people. That's what's going to attract clients. If you want to be a specialist in illustration, then present illustrative work. It's, do you get it? Like, if if that's what you know you want to do, then what's the use of putting up all this other work? Because then you're gonna you might get um people who come on your portfolio and be like, oh um, I like that photography project you did. I want to do some. I want you to do a, a photography brief for me. And then you'd be like, oh, I don't really do that anymore. I do more illustration work. Do you get it? So whatever you put out there, you you're. Mm, the likelihood is you might at one point or another invite more of that that same work. So if it's not work that you really want to undertake, there's no point putting it on your CV. Um, There's no point putting it on your portfolio, if I'm being brutally honest with you. So, and leading on from that, 
if you again if you um because this person was also told if they put too much of the same then people will think that they're not varied enough perhaps if you're looking for studio work a lot of the time studios are looking for generalists they're looking for people who can do a bit of this bit of that bit of that and um that's you know if that's what you want to do cool but if you want to be a freelancer in a specific line of visual artistry then if anything more often than not you're going to need to demonstrate that you're able to produce effective results in the same discipline time and time again in different ways but all illustration so just this is this this is if you want to become uh, an illustrator right so you will have to demonstrate that you're able to provide effective illustrations time and time again and that you're not a one-trick pony so in actual fact it will work it's more likely to work for you if you're able to demonstrate that you're able to do that over and over again and it increases the likelihood of you getting that kind of work and you getting clients approaching you for that kind of work so this whole talk of no don't don't put too much of the same thing and if you're a specialist that's what you're going to need to do that's what you're going to need to do if you're um like if if you've got a client right they're looking for someone who can produce um all right uh, let's 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 go with another example let's say um branding yeah so say if a client is in need of a complete rebrand they want the whole shebang they want all of the visual assets they want a whole new brand branding guideline they want new logos they want new visual assets they want new templates they're going to be looking for someone who they know can produce quality branding solutions time and time again they're not going to be looking for someone who maybe done it one time and um does photography they do illustration they do moving picture they don't really know they do a bit of everything right the likelihood is if you are looking for um if you're looking to receive more value-based clients who are willing to pay pay you properly for the work you do they're likely going to be looking for someone that they know is going to provide them with quality and the way they go about doing that is by seeing or witnessing that you've been able to do it time and time again and witnessing that you've been able to do it well right so if you are if you're wanting to specialize in branding then you need to demonstrate that you know your shit about branding you are able to produce different packs so you'll show examples of different branding packs you might even make some templates freely available i don't know or you might be able to um demonstrate how your branding solutions may have helped someone with their metrics yeah oh since they started using my um templates their customers custom or conversion rates have increased you know if you're able to demonstrate that then they're more likely to go with you than or someone like you who can demonstrate that they are able to provide branding solutions time and time again and their portfolio will consist of nothing but that branding elements different things related to branding elements they can they can look at it and say okay this person knows their stuff this person this is what they do this is what they specialize in this is the this is one of the go-to people for this you see so yeah that's i think that's a whole other discussion i do have a i think i have an episode on generalism versus specialism i think 
I don't know if I if I don't then uh, I've probably got a post on it somewhere but yeah I mean that whole thing is very controversial in itself because there are some people who believe that you have to be a specialist some people believe you have to be a generalist but I personally believe you can be both there's space for both like do you know what I mean whose whose choice is it to say that oh there's no there's no space for that there's only space for that like no do you know how many different routes there are how many different creative jobs there are and creative um sources of income and projects and project types there's so many there's so many and there are also different kinds of clients and customers and different kinds of you know if you want to, like I say, if you want to work in a studio or whatever, a lot of the time, sometimes they're looking for generalists. You know, when you look at the job specs, they want someone who can do this, that and the third. Yeah, I just wanted to leave that with you today. Uh, I can feel my throat getting dry. So I think it's time. I <laughs> I just call time on this episode, but I hope it's been um, helpful in some way. And um, yeah, I will speak to you same time next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care. Bye.